Thanks very much, Hannah and Glennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our service this evening, whether in the building or watching along at home. My name's Steve Carlisle. I'm the senior minister here, and I'm going to uh, have a chat for a few moments on that second passage uh, from Matthew's Gospel. Uh, it seems to be more and more common that every Christmas, uh, people start to say, the world is losing sight of the real meaning of Christmas. They've taken Christ out of Christmas. You might hear that in the things that people are saying around the place. You might see it in various social media posts. They've taken the Christ out of Christmas. And what's ordinarily meant by that is that Christmas is being overrun by sort of secularization and materialism and distractions. And the touchstone seems to be for people when they call Christmas the holidays or worse still, they call Christmas Xmas. Have you heard that one? Xmas. One Christian leader put it this way. For us as Christians, Christmas is one of the most holy days, the birth of our Saviour Jesus. And for people to take the Christ out of Christmas, they're now happy to say Merry Xmas. They're saying, let's just take Jesus out. It's a war against the name of Jesus. But here's the problem. Xmas literally means Christmas. More accurately, it's not an X, but a, a different letter. Let me explain. You might have noticed over the last few years that by stealth, you've been learning the Greek alphabet. Have you noticed that? You've been learning it thanks to a virus. You've learned alpha. Well done. A few letters later, delta, and most recently, Oh, very good, you know it. Omicron, it's quite a lot of letters on from Delta, but nonetheless, Omicron. I'll teach you a bit more Greek tonight. On the screen, whether at home or in person, is the name Christ. This is the word Christ in Greek. And uh, if you want to be really excited about it, it has an Omicron in it too. Right at the very end, the second last letter, that O that's there, that's the Omicron, but notice what's at the start. The start has not an X, but a different letter in Greek. It's called a, a, a key or a chi. Put that in your bank. You might need to know that for the new strain that comes out in the next few months. The chi strain. But as you can see on the screen, the letter at the front of the name Christ is, well, it's the X. In the end, there is no such thing as Xmas anyway. X is short for Christ. No less offensive than my name, Steve, being enunciated with an S. Carlisle, or John being called JD, or Graham being called GB, or Eminem being called Marshall Mathers, or whatever his name is. However, you write it, Christmas is Christmas. Whether it's got this key or X at the front of it, or whether it's the word Christ. And at the end of the day, that's what Christmas is about. It's about the person of Christ. And so tonight, I want to take us through this passage. Because Matthew, right at the beginning of his gospel, wants to tell us about the Christ. In chapter 1, verse 1 of his book, he tells us of a genealogy. The book of the genealogy of Jesus the Christ. 
the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then in verse 18, where Glennis began to read for us tonight, we're told that the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Tonight, we're going to look at the Christ, who he is and what he came to do and why we should rejoice. Let me pray and then we'll have a look at this passage together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the season of Christmas where we once again focus in on who Jesus is and we ask that tonight, wherever we are, but whether in this building or uh, uh, watching anywhere around the world really, that you might help us to come to terms with who Jesus is and we ask it in his name. Amen. Well, I wonder uh, what would be your soundtrack to 2021? Recently, a, uh, a a radio station here in Sydney asked their listeners to describe a song that might sum up 2021 for them and they came up with these two, The Highway to Hell and We've Got to Get Out of This Place if it's the last thing we ever do. Sometimes the songs that we sing can have great and deep meanings and of course when we come to sing carols at Christmas time, that is absolutely very significant. Because so many of the carols, like the ones that we have sung tonight, sing of the great, brilliant events of that very first Christmas. But it strikes me that as we look at this birth of Christ tonight in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, it might be, it might be prudent of us to think of the carol Silent Night and the phrase, Christ the Saviour is born. Christ the Saviour is born. That's what this passage is all about. Christ the Saviour is born. So let's look at each one of those parts in reverse tonight. Starting with this, the Christ is born. Right at the beginning in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, we're told that Jesus was born, that the Christ was born. Chapter 1 verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. We're told in a rather unremarkable way, he was born. He was born as all of us were born. That Christ was born ought to be significant to us. Because Jesus, the Christ, didn't fall from the sky. He didn't break through the clouds with fire. He didn't appear as a hologram here on this earth and so on. He was born. What's more, we're told that he was born of a virgin. In this way, he is different to all of us. His birth was not the result of sex between a man and a woman. Though Mary and Joseph were legally connected and bound together, they were not yet married. They had not yet had sex, and yet Mary is pregnant. Now we're told in this passage that according to Joseph, who doesn't really understand what's going on, this looks pretty bad. And so he he makes a plan to divorce Mary quietly. But verse 20 tells us this, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The angel says, carry on. Carry on. This baby, Jesus, the Christ, is to be born of the Virgin Mary, but conceived by the Holy Spirit. And you might say, well, why does all of that matter? 
Well, without the Christ, Jesus, being born of a woman but conceived of the Holy Spirit, he would not be able to grow up and be the Christ or be the Saviour that he needs to be for us. See, not so long ago, there was a writer whose name was Rob Bell. I recommend you don't read any of his books. He declared that the virgin birth was not essential for the Christian to believe. Indeed, if it was possible that someone had found out through DNA evidence that Jesus' earthly father, who had actually conceived him, was named Larry somewhere in the ancient world, then it wouldn't shake the Christian faith. It wasn't really that important. It was one of those things that could come or go. But you see, if Jesus was not born in this way, it would shake the Christian faith. It would shake it to its core. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary and conceived of the Holy Spirit. And if he was just the child of Mary and Larry, then he would have been just like any other Tom, Dick or Larry and just like us. He would have been unable to save and he wouldn't have been God with us. Jesus was born and he was born just like us, born by a woman. In demonstrating his humanity, he grew up in the womb like all of us did and was born in the same way through the same biological processes as us. He's human. And yet being conceived by the Holy Spirit, he is not like us. He has a divine nature. He is God with us. And that's important for he doesn't inherit what we have. A sinful nature that gets passed on from generation to generation to generation. And Jesus didn't have that sinful nature. You see, if Jesus was just the result of sex between Larry and Mary, then he's not perfect. He has a regular sinful nature like all of us and he cannot substitute in to save us. No, Jesus, the Christ, was born. Born of a woman, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And if you forget one of those elements, you miss the wonder of Christmas. It's like forgetting to bring the batteries on Christmas Day only a million times worse. Jesus, the Christ, was born. But secondly, this passage tells us that the Christ, Jesus, is the Saviour. Look there at verse 21. We're told by the angel, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The angel commands Joseph that he must call this child Jesus. This couple were not to go through the name book and work out the one that they enjoyed. They were not to work out which of the 50 states of America sound best in front of their surname. They weren't to find what the most used name that year was or which one they liked the sound of. No, they were to be told what the name was. The name was to be Jesus. Why? Well, Because he will save his people. Jesus will be the saviour. And it's more than just a title. It is what he would come to do. The meaning of his name. 
It's more important than how you say it. In some countries it may be Yeshua, for some it's Joshua, for others it's Jesus, for us it's Jesus. The pronunciation is nowhere near as important as the meaning. He will save his people, he will rescue his people, and he will rescue them from their sins. There are some things in this world that are obviously dangerous, aren't they? And we're thankful for the most part that they're behind a fence. I remember taking my young children uh, when they were young out to Symbio for a school excursion. And the tigers are there right in the middle. Uh, Well, that's what we're there at this time anyway. I haven't been up there for a few years now. But the tigers were in the middle at the time. And uh, for whatever reason, the alpacas got out of their uh, particular uh, pen and they realised that there were tigers in their close vicinity. They didn't seem to realise in their ye of little brain uh, that there was fences everywhere and the tigers were no chance of getting them. But these alpacas were running like mad all around Symbio, knocking around, knocking over little children and all sorts of things. Quite funny, really. But they recognised the danger. Even if they didn't get it quite right, they recognised the danger. For them, they're considered food. They better get out of the way. Now, we weren't scared in the same way, but we still recognise the danger. And all of us recognise danger when we see it, or at least we hope to. We don't like it when there's a danger of going in for a swim this summertime, late at night, early in the morning, and you hear that, uh, you hear that radar of the shark alarm going off. When you see that danger or you hear that danger, you take evasive action. And there are so many other examples of that in our lives. When there's a danger, we take that evasive action. But what on earth could be dangerous about sin? What is it that we might need to be saved from when it comes to sin? It hardly seems very dangerous to be people who sin. After all, we all sin. In fact, If we're honest with ourselves, we encourage in our own life just a little bit of sin to kind of blow off steam. Isn't that how it works? But you see, the reason that we need to be saved from sin is because the sin that is in all of our lives, the rejection of God that is in all of our lives, removes us from a relationship with the God who loved us, who made us, who redeemed us. It takes us out of a relationship with him. It separates us from the God who made us. What's more, our sin is a crime against God himself. So that we are in, if you like, a spiritual prison of sorts. December the 21st is gravy day now, isn't it? The Paul Kelly song, How to Make Gravy, was released about a decade ago. And it tells the story about a young man who has found his way into jail. And he writes this song to his family to say sorry that he finds himself in prison over Christmas. And he writes in this song, or the letter that's turned into a song, the recipe for his famous gravy that he brings to Christmas every year. He writes it in the recipe so that the family won't miss him more than they have to. It's a very meaningful song. Lots of people have found a a lot of heart in this particular Paul Kelly song because nobody likes separation from their loved ones and we know what that feels like over these last two years. But with God, when we sin against him, we choose separation from him. 
We choose to place ourselves in a, in a spiritual prison that we cannot by ourselves get out of. This is what we choose when we sin. And so in verse 21, when we're told that this young child will be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins, we find out that this baby is going to be the one who will rescue the human race from the problem of sin and separation from God. Jesus, the Christ, is the saviour. He comes, he lives, and he dies to save each one of us. He saves us from our sin. Not so that we find it unable to sin anymore, but so that the consequences of that separation from God have been fixed forever if we put our trust in him. Christ, the saviour, is born. Which brings us to that final word, Christ. Verse 18 starts the passage going for us. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. What does it mean that Jesus is the Christ? What is the Christ? Well, Christ is, of course, more than what happens when you hit your finger with the hammer or you can't put together that Christmas gift. It's more than just a religious word. It's a, it's a word that describes being anointed. Literally, it meant in the Old Testament, having oil poured on your head to say, you are the one. You are going to be the king, the, the Messiah. And for the people of God in the Old Testament, they'd had many kings and messiahs. They'd had many anointed people. A lot of them are listed in chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. But none of them had been able to fully be the king that God would send into the world. None of them were completely able to defeat the enemies of God's people, including sin and death. But now Jesus, the Christ, has come. The wise men in chapter 2 of Matthew recognize him as the Christ, the king. And when King Herod in chapter 2 realizes that Jesus is the Christ, the king, he seeks to have him done away with, to have him killed. And Jesus' family flee to Egypt. Jesus is the Christ, the king. He is the king in the manger and he is the king as he dies on that cross for us. The Christ, the King, the Messiah, the Anointed One. This is who Jesus is. And the fact that he is Christ implies that we need to make a response to him this Christmas. See, it's all too easy for us to live our life in our own kingdom, with our own set of rules and regulations. But if Jesus is the Christ... He is asking you this Christmas to give him your life. To let him be the king of the kingdom to which you belong. To let him be the ruler over your life. Christ the Saviour is born. Is he your king? Is he your master? Is he your lord? Is he your ruler? Is he the king of the kingdom for you? Because Christmas is not just a bunch of stories. Neither is it a bunch of doctrines. Christmas is about a person. The person, Jesus, who was born of a woman and conceived of the Holy Spirit. 
who is the saviour of the world and the Lord, the boss and the master of all of our lives. And tonight is the night to come and submit ourselves to his gracious authority. See, Matthew's gospel makes it clear for us. Christ, the saviour, is born. And it doesn't matter how you spell it. Because Christ, the saviour, is born. How will you respond this Christmas to this young child born in that manger in Bethlehem all those years ago, born as the Saviour and Christ? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, that you sent your Son, the Christ, to die for us, to be born to live a perfect life, to die a death on a cross and rise to new life so that we might be saved. We thank you that by virtue of all that he did being sent into this world, that he is the Christ. We ask that you might help us to give our lives in service to him, the king of your kingdom, this Christmas. We thank you so much that you would have done all of this because you love us and you want to save and rescue each one of us. And we thank you for this great and wonderful truth in Jesus' name. Amen.